Hello, testing. Hello, and welcome to Parkinson's Pathway Pals, Tuesdays with Teresa. I'm Teresa Jackson, your podcast host. Today, my guest is Billy Kennedy. Billy Kennedy is an American basketball coach who has a winning career spanning almost three decades. Billy has successfully coached his teams from schools such as Wichita State University, Murray State, and Texas A&M, just to name a few. Billy developed Parkinson's disease as he entered his new job with Texas A&M as head basketball coach at the age of 47. And Billy happens to be a longtime friend. Welcome, Billy. Thanks for having me, Teresa. Thank you. I appreciate your willingness to share with our audience and, um, and provide some of your story. I know that you developed Parkinson's when you were in the middle of changing careers and I'm sure that this must have been frightening. What were your first thoughts about changing careers and having Parkinson's? Well, I was just concerned about my job, my family, and, and the things that were going on at the time, just taking over a new job and how my employer would handle it. And just, you think of the worst thing I did was look at the internet and read all the negative stuff, and you don't know how to attack it as much as you just hear about the negatives of it and so once I got past that I was able to attack the disease and, and win it yeah that's uh, I think that's part of your personality you're you know you're assertive you're aggressive you're a, a winning coach so I'm sure that that has come along and helped you a lot I actually was in a job change when I found out as well and I took a different direction but the the nice thing to hear um, is that you were able to overcome that that um, you know, that almost paralyzing thought of I'm in this new job and now I have this disease that's progressive with no cure. It's a very frightening, frightening time, I'm sure. Um, tell me, you know, being in a very public career when you were diagnosed, how did your employer handle this? Well, I was fortunate that Bill Byron was my athletic director and he was real supportive and said, we're going to support you through this and and that gave me a lot of confidence after the first few months and once you start recognizing medications and ways to attack it, it gradually got better and it took some time, but they were patient early on and uh, fortunately I was able to do everything I was needed to do to, to be successful at that particular time. But the first two or three months was, was challenging and then once I got past that, I was okay. Yeah, sometimes I think people just need to hear that um, it's not a death sentence and that you can be okay. Life will look different. It's challenging, but, um, you know, you can have a successful career and a successful life with Parkinson's. How did your players respond to the fact when you told them that you had Parkinson's or who told them that you had Parkinson's? Well, it, it made national news, so they found out early on. I, I was able to tell them, and then they got out to a media release. And uh, the thing I think which was encouraging from the players is they, could, they couldn't tell anything. Uh, my symptoms were so mild and we were able to be controlled that they couldn't tell anything different. And, and that's kind of been the case since I've had great doctors and the medication has worked, exercise has helped, and I've just been able to treat my symptoms and keep them in check for the most part that I don't think most people would even know it. Uh, in, in my public career part, that was the hardest thing. Is I always I was more concerned about it probably than people in general, and so it was good to know that my players didn't even they really didn't even blink. They just 
court and acted in what I was doing, it couldn't tell a difference. Yeah, but they just knew you as Coach Kennedy, not as Coach Kennedy with Parkinson's. And that's such a resounding message, Billy, because what I have tried to share with people is that I'm a lot of things and I live with Parkinson's. It really does not define who I am. No question. I, exactly. I used to say that I'm, I'm Billy Kennedy. I have Parkinson's, but I'm not. Park, Parkinson's doesn't define who I am. It's, it's my person and my relationships with the people that I have is, is more important. And I want to be recognized as a basketball coach, not the basketball coach with Parkinson's. I hear you. And I think you've been very successful at that. Tell me how long it took to receive your diagnosis. I know with a lot of people that have young onset, which is prior to 50, um, sometimes it can take a long time for people to be diagnosed. How, what was your process? How long did it take you? For about 10 months, I had stiffness in my shoulder, and I couldn't figure out what it was. And I finally came across a doctor that labeled it as Parkinson's. So I would say that I didn't know for almost a year. And then once it was diagnosed, we, we kind of attacked it that way. But uh, nobody could really tell what it was until I saw the right type doctors, the movement specialists and uh, neurologists was, was, was able to, to nail it down. Yeah, I think um, 10 months is a long time when you're dealing with the symptoms and it's frustrating because you don't know what's happening. But I've heard stories of people taking, you know, two, three, four, five plus years to get a proper diagnosis and that that's time lost because once it's treated and you can get aggressive with your exercise and other things, um, you just do, you fare better. So I always hate to hear when it takes people a long time to get diagnosed. Um, tell me, what was your first indication that something was amiss with your health? Well, the stiffness in my shoulder and my arm swing wasn't fluid on my left side my wife noticed it early on, like the year before I got to Texas A&M, walking in the games when, when my nerves were tight and there was a lot of stress. That, that my, I didn't have great mobility in my left arm swing. And uh, so it took us about, like I said, 10 months probably to really identify what it was when we saw the right doctors. Well, that's, that's key. I see a movement disorder specialist, and I think, um, I think once you're identified with Parkinson's or if you're having trouble get, you know, receiving that diagnosis, that seeing a movement disorder specialist, even if you don't see them on the regular and they, they partner or collaborate with your neurologist in a local area, if you're in a smaller area, I think seeing a movement disorder specialist is very important. Um, tell me, what's the one thing that you want people to know about Parkinson's disease? Well, we kind of hit on it. Don't let it define who you are. It's, it's something that, uh, unfortunately, most people have something. I have Parkinson's, and so I just have to be able to manage it, not let it define who you are. And, and, it, and you can win the you can win the battle. It's not something that can beat you. It's a winnable battle, and you got to be able to attack it with confidence. Because that's the one thing I think Parkinson's tries to do is steal your confidence and steal your identity on who you are and you can't let that be be the case you gotta always be on top of it and claim it in victory and, and, and walk through it i think that's really such a powerful message is that you can uh you can thrive you can claim it you can you know continue to live a life and that there's hope 
you know, when we lose hope, then, um, you know, hope and purpose really drive people's quality of life. And so I think that's an important message, Billy. Um, what's the one thing that has helped you most in dealing with Parkinson's? My faith uh, in Jesus Christ has been something I've relied on daily in the mornings to get me going. Because the mornings are probably the hardest time for me just get, to get myself going and get away from get active. And, and so relying on my faith and praying and just having a strong team of support with my wife being so so effective in, in, in encouraging me through tough times and pushing me through and coming up with some of the newest um, ways to attack this and always be looking to, to, for different ways to, to beat the, to win this battle. You know, so I would say my faith and my family support is the two biggest things. You know, I see that with a lot of people that I talk to and I know for sure in my life that that has been very instrumental is that I also have a strong faith and I'm not even sure how I would get up and face the morning if I didn't because I know if I'm not healed in in this land that someday I will my body will be made whole again but you know we, we pray for a, a cure right of some some sort um, and I I believe it may happen in our lifetime Billy I don't know about you but I think it may happen in some in some form well there's so many things going on right now and so many good things attacking the disease and the support with the Michael J. Fox Foundation and so many other things going on that are giving us a chance that hopefully it will be cured before I, we go home to be with Jesus. Yes, so, yes. We'll see. I hope so. I hope so. Um, so your children were a little older when you were diagnosed. Um, I'm not sure what the age span was when, when you were diagnosed, but I know you your children weren't like two years old. You know, they were older. How did they respond to the news? Well, they were taken back, obviously, right away. But then when they saw that I, I got past those first few months, I think they were worried at first because you could tell it, it, it shook me up a little bit. And then after they saw that I could I improved and I attacked it and could see that uh, there was hope, like we talked about before, I think they, they're very comfortable with it. I don't think they worry about it at all. They don't see they see me as bad, not not bad with the disease. So yeah, it's, it's a good thing. It is a good thing. When you know my children were adults as well when I was diagnosed, and because I had so little information and I was not educated at the time of the diagnosis, I I didn't receive any type of education on disease management. I really left the office not knowing you know would I be um, would I be dead by Christmas? I just didn't know. And my children, it was very hard on them at first, and especially our daughter. She has, you know, really struggled with it at first. But now that they see, you know, I'm doing well and and I'm trying to make an impact in other people's lives, um, they too have kind of, their acceptance has, has changed as well. So I think that's another really important message. Um, how about your wife? Was it the same type of um, reception? Yeah, I think my wife, she's, she's been a rock for our family in so many ways. Uh, she said, well, we're going to have to attack this and kind of just hit it head on and be the aggressor and not let it get us. And so from that, from day one, she's been on top of it and helping me with nutrition and trying some different things to uh, eliminate these symptoms and make it easier for me to, to progress on in, in my career. She's been a big part of it. I think it's important to get blessed to have a good, strong caretaker. 
makes a big difference. I know it has for me. Yeah, it has for me too. It's a huge difference. I do want to touch on nutrition for a moment. And I always um, preface this by saying neither I nor you are a physician. But what has been your personal experience around nutrition and what has helped, what has hindered you? Well, I try to eliminate processed foods. And early on, I did a good job of that for a couple of years. I've kind of got comfortable and I've cheated more than I need to. So, uh, but knowing what to eat and what to stay away from definitely helps. And that's just something I try to to be conscious of. I do a green smoothie in the morning. My wife makes it. And we just try to do some natural things and stay organic as best as possible. But we're definitely not perfect with it. But I know it's made you feel better. And so if you feel better, you can attack it. Yeah. It's a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's not a, as you know, there's not a specific Parkinson's um, nutrition or diet, but I have found that trying to stay away from refined sugar is helpful. And, and I think when we eat right, or at least for me, it helps my medication be more effective, which helps me exercise more, which so overall you just feel better. And I find it interesting that, you know, if someone has cancer, they tell them to step away from refined sugar. If you're obese, step away from refined sugar. If you have cardiac issues, step away from refined sugar. So it's kind of, uh, you know, a trend or a, a theory there that refined sugar, especially in large amounts, is probably not good for us in general. So there's one thing that I would like to touch on. Um, I'm interested, one of our last things here before we um, close today, I'm interested in your thoughts around surgery. Yeah, I had the DBS plus surgery, deep brain stimulation surgery. And it's a little bit different than just the red. The plus part of it is adding a, taking a nerve graft out of my ankle and implanting it in my brain during the deep brain stimulation surgery. And uh, to Dr. Van Horn at the University of Kentucky, I was fortunate to get on the front end of that. And uh, it's been a big blessing that I don't take as much carpal levin dope or I don't rely on that as much because at one point that was causing me some confusion and that I didn't was having it being in a public setting it wasn't great for me to have that so yeah. um, the DBS plus surgery definitely helped me with that and it's, it's continues to help me battle this disease yeah dyskinesia is um, I've, I've not really had it other than when I at the very beginning, I had some dyskinesia because my dosage wasn't set correctly. But other than that, I haven't. But I have witnessed a lot of people with dyskinesia, and I know that it's an uncomfortable thing for them. So um, it sounds like your DBS surgery has gone really well. What What is the nerve that you mentioned that they took out of your ankle? What What is the extra for that? What does that do? It's trying to create like some, I guess, energy more dope help create more dopamine in your brain. Okay. It just uh, tries to regenerate the dopamine inside your brain, just like this. It's over my head, but it's just like they, Me too. they take nerve graft and, and implant it in different parts of the body to try to stimulate growth. It's they, They've taken it and saw that it's, it's it helps maybe slow the process down with the disease, and, and hopefully uh, that's what's going on right now. Well, I am so glad to see that you're doing well. 
Um, before we close today, is there anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners that you think might be useful or beneficial to them? Just to not not be afraid. Don't live in fear. That's just the biggest mm. thing. Fear is false evidence appearing real. And uh, Parkinson's doing some false ways. And there's ways to go about it. You just got to attack and be as aggressive as possible and win the battle. Yeah, I think that's that's really sound advice. When we live in fear, it kind of shuts everything down. And even if you don't have Parkinson's, just living in fear in general, I think, um, you know, is a life that is not as full as it could be when we claim what's ours, right? Well, Billy, I want to thank you for sharing your story today with our listeners. Um, I want to thank our listeners for listening today, and I'll see you Tuesday. <laughs>